Now, for years, people have been making jokes. Where's my flying car? I want my flying car. Well, Baby Yoda and I are here to tell you they've arrived. I'm Detroit Free Press auto critic Mark Phelan at Detroit City Airport, where we have got a display of some of the flying cars that are at this year's Detroit Auto Show. You heard that right. Flying cars in the Motor City. Mark on Thursday got to take a seat on one that looks like a cross between a giant black drone and a jet ski. It's a hoverbike, and as a fan of the Disney Plus series The Mandalorian, he really did take a Baby Yoda toy to mark the occasion. This is the X Turismo by a company called Air Winds. It's going to be on sale in the United States next year for a small fortune, $777,000. It's part of a new element of the North American International Auto Show, air mobility. There's hoverboards, a jet suit, and flying vehicles on display. The operating ceiling is 50 or 60 feet, but most of the time, the designers expect people to be cruising around at about 13 feet off the ground. Top speed is about 80 miles an hour, and there's enough fuel and battery charge to operate for about an hour. So, have all our favorite sci-fi movies come true? Is this our future? I'm Carrie Jr. the second, and on this episode of On the Line, we join Mark Phelan and look to the skies during a very different auto show. Can I do a Mandalorian kind of joke? Absolutely. Okay, thank you very much. I'm Mark Phelan with the Detroit Free Press, and that is the way. Carrie Jr. here at the auto show, just uh, walking around, perusing to see what uh, displays they have here. Awesome, Mark. So it is the North American International Auto Show this weekend. Any first impressions after walking in? Well, first of all, it's just great that the auto show is happening again. It's been three and a half years since we've had an auto show. The last one was January of 2019, because that was when they announced they were going to move it from the winter to the summer or fall. And then COVID happened. So it's just, it, it's great. And there's so many changes in in terms of you know the, the fact that they've got things going on outside like they've got this giant rubber duck in front of the building um, that it, it's it's just got a different feel and I think I think it's going to be very engaging for the people who come now I was going to bring that up about outside because I saw that they were going to have some outdoor things but then when I went when I walked in I was like wait where is every well I did see the hoverbike outside we'll get to that and then I did see the giant duck uh, they've got some stuff outside they, they've got you know, this huge rubber duck, which apparently has become a thing for Jeep owners to put ducks on, on their vehicles. Um, they've got some other things. And down at Hart Plaza, uh, as well as the introduction of, of the new Mustang, they've got, during public days, they're going to have electric Bigfoot trucks crash, crushing old jalopies. Okay, so Bigfoot trucks? Yeah, mo- you know, monster trucks? You see? Oh, oh okay, you monster trucks, like, got you. Sunday at Ford Field, yeah. you know, monster trucks. So I, I think some of them they call Bigfoots as well, I'm not sure. But yeah, electric monster trucks crushing old, broken-down cars. It's sort of fun that they're actually making one of these that's electric-powered now. A monster truck that's yeah. electric-powered? How cool is that? Oh, wow. Yeah. They're really, they're really moving forward with this electric thing. it kind thing. of fits in with the whole theme of the show because there's so many new electric vehicles here. Half of the semifinalists for North American Car and Truck of the Year are electric. You know, they've got the electric flying vehicles. Mm-hmm. The, the, the electric monster truck just, just seems kind of like a natural. Um, and it's going to be at Hart Plaza's. Plus, they're going to have food trucks. 
And then, of course, you know, we've been planning to cover this event, having our schedules together, finding where we're going to go, what, what the beats we're going to hit. And, of course, we run into, I mean, I think the big spectacle of the president being uh, arriving and speaking. I was actually standing by when the beast, the presidential limousine, pulled out. From what I hear, I mean, he loves cars. Just looking at him and driving them, they just give me a sense of optimism, although I like the speed, too. <laughs> You know, he, he checked out all the electric vehicles and apparently spent a lot of time with the Corvette, which isn't electric, but he loves Corvettes. Okay. You know, he's got you know, an old one himself. And then what is kind of the auto show's overall purpose? Though? Why does it exist for itself? What does it do for the industry? Well, basically, the auto shows exist to sell cars, okay. first and foremost. I mean, that, that's the reason that, that it used to be in the winter, uh, uh, because January is a, a kind of a dead time for dealers. You know, nobody wants to be walking around a, a dealer's lot in snow and slush. Car companies want a little bit more out of auto shows than they used to. It, it used to just be let the person see the car, walk around it, decide this is the one I want. But now there's so many new technologies that they want people to be able to experience them. So, you know, they, they've got, you know, some hands-free driving. They've, they've got safety systems that will warn you about pedestrians in front of you. They've got electric vehicles. And these are all, you know, new and people haven't experienced them before. So that's why th there's test drives out on some of the riverfront streets in Detroit where people can you know, take and, and drive one of these new vehicles. And, and also SUVs have become so popular and you know, most people have never driven up a you know, 40 degree you know, slope in, in an, an, an SUV. They have no idea what it feels like. They don't understand why some people love doing that kind of thing. So it used to be just go to the show and see the vehicle. But as people got better and better at you know, doing research online so that they can see the vehicle, they, they can you know, check out all of the features online, car companies wanted auto shows to offer something more. That's what they're hoping moving to you know, the, these dates when it's easier to do things outdoors will, will achieve. So, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about is what, what mobility is on the ground. But what we really, what I'm really interested in seeing, because when I walked in there today, and, and you will see, are these planes, these, you know, there's propellers, there's this air mobility sector of the auto show. Not large, but it's, it's new, I understand, right? It's, it is brand new. There have never been any, to my knowledge, there have never been any flying cars <laughs> at the Detroit show before, and certainly none that you could buy, none that worked. There may, people have talked about flying cars forever. It became a joke, where's my flying car? We're finally getting flying cars. I mean, we, we've got electric-powered you know, flying vehicles that they don't look like a car necessarily, but you can... You know, a, a normal person can get in one and fly from place to place. Uh, there's a hover bike. Uh, there's a seaplane, a, a plane that can land on the water as well as on land. And there's others. Paul Nyhart, a director of marketing for Icon. Yeah, I've never seen anything like this. What's the make? What's the model? What is this called? Yeah, so this is an Icon A5. Okay. It's an amphibious aircraft with land capabilities and water capabilities. And in order to fly it, you need a minimum of sport pilot license. Okay, I was so it, yeah, a lot of people see it and they're like, "Is this a car? Is it a boat? Is it a jet ski?" This is one of the things that's been kind of the stuff of science fiction for decades, and it looks like it's finally happening. Yeah. You know, the, the battery technology has gotten better, and there are people who who you know think that it, it's unrealistic. 
but I honestly expect that we're going to see it, you know, take off for recreational purposes in kind of the same way that you see snowmobiles and ATVs. You know, not every hobby owns kind one. of. Yeah, not everybody owns one, but you know, people have them and, and, and they use them for, for some things. Uh, so there, there are some economic forecasts that say it's going to be, at, you know, many billions of dollars uh, annual market for electric flying cars. After the break, where flying vehicles may pop up in the future, how soon we'll get there, and what the critics say. And we're back talking with Free Press Auto columnist and critic Mark Phelan about flying cars at this year's Detroit Auto Show. How long have these these vehicles been around? How long has air mobility really been around? Or like these specific types of vehicles, hover bikes and these seaplanes? This is a very new development. The the in part because batteries are getting better. You know, electric batteries are, are getting lighter and more powerful. It, it used to be that it was just completely impossible to thinking of having an, an electric car that could carry three or four people that would be able to go more than you know maybe a mile or so but just like electric vehicles have got longer ranges and and you know can go faster now the the same technologies are working in favor of electric you know aircraft so that that's one one of the biggest differences and you know like a lot of other things too electronic controls make it easier i, I mean you know it it, it th- there will be a lot i'm sure of electronic systems built in to keep these things stable and even so that you don't have to be as skilled as a, a the pilot of a small you know aircraft is to make sure that you know when you're landing you're actually level rather than being you know tipped to one side or the other that kind of thing they're making it so that it's a little bit more user friendly for the casual flyer yes. Make, making it simpler okay. yes okay i see making it simpler um so so what does that mean that these air mobility vehicles are in the auto show does the auto show you know embracing these vehicles mean something about the future of our mobility overall there's no doubt about it i mean the the, the auto show knows that this is a growing area they, they've got five or six you know personal flying you know vehicles if if they don't have at least 10 at the next auto show they're going to be very disappointed because they think this is a, an area that is going to grow and they think that it's an area that, that is consistent with a lot of the development that's going on in terms of electric uh, you know, power and electric motors at car companies. So there's going to be you know more overlap with it. The idea isn't just to create zero emissions vehicles. That's Paul Neihart again, the director of communications with Icon Aircraft. The idea is to get people traveling in newer environments. And let's be clear. I mean, this aircraft is for fun. It's for adventure. But fundamentally, it is introducing people to new airspace. Right? It's getting people off the ground and into the air. Yes, for fun, for adventure, but in five to 10 years, again, we're trying to offer people a preview of what mobility will look like. This is this is making flying less intimidating because it will be, flying will be probably for less just adventure and fun. It'll just be a more convenient way to travel. Um, and this isn't electric, right? But this is a very low fuel burn. So this is probably one of the most, you know, environmentally friendly way of introducing people to the air right now. My my hesitation with flying vehicles is I'm imagining the Jetsons, honestly, like this flying traffic in the air. 
Um, I would, you know, at that stage, I'm comfortable seeing a lot of different flying vehicles in the air. But right now, if I were to see a flying vehicle, I'd be like, okay, how are you communicating with the commercial airlines that are in the air, the helicopters that are flying? I'm always concerned about that. Do you have any insight on, like, what they may say about how they're going to handle that? It's a, it's a brilliant question. And one of the big questions has been, is this a completely unregulated space? Right. And the early appearance is that one people will have to have a license you know so it's not going to be like a boat where you can I, mean, I still can't believe people can have a 600 horsepower boat and they've never had to take a class in, in yeah. boating uh, this will require a license and my understanding is that the FAA is going to make it relatively easy for people to get licenses for flying cars but they will be limited in what altitudes they can get to. So you can't you know, work, get into the you know, altitudes where you're work, worried about running into you know, a, a hospital helicopter or, even, or, or a, a, an airliner. And there will be areas where you can't use them. So th- there are, there's a regulatory framework that's taking place, that's taking shape. And I think that that will answer a lot of those questions. I, I'm excited to show you this one because it's just a really cool setup they have over here of this giant drone. In your time oh, wow. here, you might be, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, the lights and everything. I feel like I'm walking into the set of a Transformers movie. I don't consider myself a car enthusiast, but as I've walked through the show, I was thinking, you know, it's interesting to see, not necessarily like, oh, I love cars or the car's capabilities, but seeing where we're moving as a society in terms of transportation, right? Seeing all of what the future may look like. Tim Paolini, I'm with uh, Airspace Experience Technologies, or ASX for short. We're really looking to elevate uh, traffic, right? So getting cars off the road, semi-trucks off the road, and elevating it, like we have the big blue sky to utilize. And um, what we're thinking is it's gonna cut down on noise pollution, you know, just pollution in general. And by going fully electric, it's just, you know, no emissions, clean energy. Um, And now you're talking about straight line distance versus going through windy roads and under tunnels or bridges and stuff like that. Excuse me. Real quick question, in terms of the most immediate usage of this vehicle, is it going to be used for commercial transportation or mostly logistical reasons? Probably not immediately. Um, So there are basically three segments to commercialization. Um, The first segment is bespoke operations, so like firefighting, emergency response, stuff Uh, like that. And then our hope once we get type certification, which will enable us to sell to the market of uh, commercial air cargo. What's the timeline for something like that? Um, so we're hoping our initial unmanned production and optional manned prototypes will be production ready and ready to certify by 2025. 2025, did you say? That's pretty good. Can I get your name? Uh, Connor Hughes. Yeah, thank you very much, Connor. And, and what is your role here? Um, so I'm the director of propulsion control, basically responsible for all the flight management systems and programming of the vehicle. That's- is there anything to be said about, you know, aircrafts that aren't necessarily made for people, but also just other types of uses and mobility that this show is embracing and what, what might be the future of air mobility? Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt that we're going to see a, a lot of uh, uh, 
aircraft used for local deliveries in, in the near future. Um, some of that, you know, will be drones that are not unlike the the drones that people you know fly now, you know, with cameras and things like that. But we're definitely going to see you know a lot a lot of that going forward. Um, I think, and and that ties into another of the big trends in the auto industry, uh, because if you can have those small enough that you know you don't have to have a pilot, you know, it, it, it's fully autonomous. That's the same thing that uh, car companies are trying to develop in terms of autonomous uh, business vehicles, you know, you know, flower delivery trucks, or, you know, Amazon, you know, things like that, or even, you know, long haul trucks, you know, that, that are autonomous and self-driven. So the, that, that's another area where the, the technology, uh, the same technology will be useful for, you know, both aircraft and uh, land vehicles. So this definitely catapults you to the future. It's like, it's experiential. It's like, this is where we're headed yeah. in terms of transportation. Yeah. I have one final question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm curious what critics might say, not necessarily of the auto show, but about launching into EV, launching into to these uh, aircraft vehicles. Um, what, do they, what do they usually say when it comes to this? What is the hesitation there? Well, honestly, it's a small enough niche that... The, 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 the critics haven't really focused on it much yet, but the first thing they'll say is it, it's you know just for the super rich, and yeah that's a that's a perfectly fair you know uh, complaint. Um, yeah, so is you know, you're having a private plane, but there are some people who choose to do it, and you know why not let them? Uh, you know, so I, I think it's just a matter of, of choice. Hmm. We're really this is like ten years away. Yeah, uh, very possibly, maybe even less. Okay, yeah. wow. Well, thanks, Mark. My pleasure. Before we go, one more thing. Listeners may not know this, but Mark actually helped us name our show. On the Line is a nod to the big stories happening and what's at stake every week, but it's also reminiscent of our Motor City roots and the automotive assembly lines that started here. So a big, big thank you goes out to Mark Phelan. Also, thanks to picture editor Kelly Jordan, who recorded that audio with Mark at the top of the episode. All right. As always, this episode was produced by me and Darcy Moran. Our executive producers are Anjanette Delgado and Marianne Struman. Editor is Peter Batia. The music for the show is made by DJ Lost Boy. It is called Fort Trumbull. Thank you, as always, for listening. And if you like the show, please share it with the folks you spend time with, your friends, your family. And don't forget to subscribe, like the show, and come back next week. See you then.